0: Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com Rosh Chodesh Tov We begin the month of Kislev, the month of vision, the month of miracles It's a month of light and a month of hope So uh, during Kislev, during this month which is the month in which we celebrate Hanukkah our hearts are specially in tune with uh, Fulfilling the true vision of why we are in this world. What's our purpose here? What's the true uh, meaning of being in exile and um, It's a month in which we realign We it's like a chiropractic Adjustment in which we realign all these dreams and all these hopes and we put them in the right uh, track so we can really live a miraculous existence because Jews live a miraculous existence. If, if you don't believe me, there's no common sense, there's no uh, explanation of why we're still here with all this anti-semitism going through the ages, all these wars, pogroms, terrorism, Holocaust, slavery, you name it, Inquisition, and we're still very much alive in this world. So the month of, um, of Kislev is a month of dreams, and according to Rabbi Itza Ginsberg, he gives us a beautiful explanation. He says that in the Torah, we read during the month of Kislev, we find most of the dreams mes- mentioned in the Torah. So during the month of Kislev, we read all these dreams, and uh, in the five books of the Torah, we find ten explicit dreams through the whole Torah. And one of them, uh, which is the first dream, which is the dream that Abimelech, the king of Gerar, had, appears in the Torah in the portion of Ayera, which is in the, in the month of Eshvan. The rest of the, of, the, of the dreams, the other nine dreams, appear in the Torah portions of Vayetzeh, Vaeshev, Miketz, which are all uh, read during the month of Kislev. So according to the well-known Torah principle that one should live with the times, like this is what the sages have taught us, they say that we have to live with the Torah portion of the week. This is the Jewish horoscope for us because in every week the energy of the week contains Uh, what we need to learn that week it's it's very much in tune to what we're living like i give many torah classes and it's funny because sometimes i give like the torah portion in to a big group of people and uh people come to me afterwards and they say margie you know what how did you know and i say, how did i know what he says you were talking to me you were you gave me the answers to my questions and and it doesn't happen with only one person it happens with many so really the Torah is a, is a book of life and it's very much alive and it's very much in tune with the everybody's life and what everybody's going on, uh, having to deal with in their personal lives. So the, the topic of dreams would be a proper meditative subject during the month of Kislev because the Torah is full of, of dreams in this month. So during this month of dreams, one should strive to examine and clarify in one soul, the topic of the dream, to plumb the depths of its roots into the soul and to solve its riddle in a good and proper fashion. So uh, I made some, some investigation about dreams. It says that every person has around three to seven dreams every night, which is very interesting. Sometimes you wake up and you feel you, you didn't have a dream. You can't even remember what you dreamt. And sometimes you wake up and they feel very much alive you feel you were living that dream. Like this week I had a dream that I was sweating because I forgot to cook for Shabbat and I, I didn't have time to go and buy the, the food and I didn't prepare. And when I was getting home, I was already late and I didn't even light my Shabbat candles and suddenly I'm lost in a, in a, in a park, a water park of children and I can't call my husband and tell him that I'm, I don't know where I am because it's Shabbat. So I really, I suffered. And the sages teach that when you suffer in a dream, really that suffering is, is, it's like suffering when you're awake. It's like whatever you have to suffer, you suffer in a dream. It's like you're cleansing yourself. It's part of your cleansing. Mm -hmm. So it's better to suffer in a dream than to suffer in real life. So when you wake up and you say, Baruch Hashem, it was a dream. Thank God you're You're like sweating it. Like I was lost in this place. I didn't even know where I was and I couldn't call my husband. And I wake up and I realize it was not true. Then it's like, what a relief. And the suffering really is a cleansing process. So it says that we have around three to seven dreams at night, every night, and they can last Seconds or they can last 30 minutes, a dream. You can be in a dream for 30 minutes, and I've had dreams that it's to be continued, and it continues, and it continues. I I bet everybody has had these dreams, and we had concurrent dreams that we dream many times, the same dream. So what is going on when we're dreaming? It says that the moment you're dreaming eh, at night is really when the brain is also active, and this is when you're at the moment of your sleep where you have deep sleep, which is called the REM cycle. And this is when we're dreaming. And the brain is just as productive at that moment as it would be when you're awake. It's the same thing. So, when we're, uh, so they're, they're, re- they're reprocessing of, 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 of what's in our subconscious. So, what we really dream about at night is what is dormant in our subconscious. So, that's why it's so important. To fill our days with good thoughts, to see nice things, to read good books, to listen to good music, because all these things go to our subconscious and then they are dormant during the day, but at night they pop out. Also the Talmud says that one sixtieth of a dream is really prophecy. And that's why it's so important that when you tell a dream to somebody, it, you you make sure that you you tell it to somebody that's going to uh, say good things to you. Like, you know, if you have a bad dream and you come to somebody and he's going to tell you horrible things, then it can become true. It, and what you should do is always tell your dreams to somebody that will tell you, you know what, this means that you're going to have a long life. It means you're going to become rich. It becomes you're going to always be healthy. That says something a good about the dream because it can be at 160th of a prophecy. And, and the same Talmud says, no dreams are without nonsense. So even though you, re- you wake up the next morning and you say, what a crazy dream. It really doesn't make any sense that I was lost in a park, in a water park, and I didn't know where I was. And it, like, suddenly I'm in this place. It, there's, there's no nonsense in the dream. Like really subconsciously, you could really think like, okay, I would be, I, I'm scared to be lost in life and not know where I am standing. I, I, I need to know where I am. So, um, so it's very important to see who's gonna interpret your dreams and make sure that they always say something positive about them. And um, the prophecy, when you, in the times of the prophets, we don't have prophecy in these days. But prophecy really is geared to- towards the future. It's telling us about what's gonna be, like when we had the prophets, they used to prophesize about what was gonna be with us. And um, the good thing about it is that when a person does Teshuvah, a person transforms, he changes, He every day we wake up, we have a choice, we have a new day, we can choose right from wrong, and whatever we choose, it's gonna create our destiny. So really, as much as a um, prophet comes with prophecy, it's never like written in stone. It can always be changed. But a dream, it's felt to be so real, and really, subconsciously, you are living the dream. Like when you're sleeping, it's not something of the future. It's something that you're really experiencing at that moment that uh, that that's why it's so important that when you wake up, you assess the dream and you really try to see, What is the message of that dream so you can really correct whatever it needs to be corrected or live your dream? Because sometimes it's amazing dreams you have that are talking to you about things that you have really deep inside of yearnings and hopes that you have inside of you and you don't have the courage to go and live these dreams. So going back to Rabbi Ginsburg, he says that each month is associated with a particular gemstone from amongst the 12 gemstones that were in the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. And the gemstone of Kislev, <clears throat> the ninth month, which corresponds from the month of Nisan, uh, which is also the nine dreams, is also the ninth stone of the, breast, breast, the, ninth, uh, stone of the breastplate, breastplate, is called the amethyst, which in Hebrew it's called an aklama. In um, In the book of, uh, of Hebrew roots of the radak, he explains that the root of aklamah is halam, which means dream. So there's no coincidences in, in, in the Torah world. Everything is really exact. And whomever wears one of these amethysts in one finger will very likely see dreams. So we know that the principal Torah figure connected with the dreams, both as dreamer and as a dream interpreter, was Yosef Hadzadik, the son of Yaakov, and, and Rachel. And he was nicknamed by his brothers the master of dreams. And the four dreams preceding those of Joseph in the dream uh, the dream of Abimelech, Jacob's first and second dreams, and the dream of Laban were transparent and did not need special interpretation. So the dream of Abimelech, who was the king uh, the king, the Pharaoh, Uh, Jacob's first and second dreams and the dream of Laban were transparent that you didn't need to interpret them because they were very straightforward in what uh, they meant. In these dreams, God or an angel appeared to the dreamer. And directly revealed information to them. He, it was direct; you don't need to interpret, you don't need to like meditate and see what is they trying to tell me. It was very direct. And the two of Pharaoh, the two dreams of Pharaoh, they required interpretation. With the two uh, dreams of the ministers of Pharaoh that were in jail, that they told uh, Joseph their dreams, and Joseph interpreted them for him. And so they had become enclosed in the imaginative faculty of the dreamer's soul and appearing in the form of allegory and riddle. So, there are some dreams that are straightforward, you don't need to look a lot to understand what they're meaning, but there are some dreams in our life that need to be interpreted. We really don't pay much attention to our dreams in general, unless it's a very shaky dream. But... Uh it's interesting to, to look what, you, what you're what you holding in your subconscious. It's interesting to see what are your fears, what's holding you back from something. They can say a lot about you. And by in, 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 uh, understanding them, you can really work on them and really do amazing things. So yet the solution to Joseph's dreams, the prostration of his brother's chiefs, and the sun, moon, and 11 stars to him, if you remember... That he dreamed that all, that these sheaves were bowing down to him was transparent because it was exactly twelve sheaves. So it was uh, it was eleven sheaves. It was the eleven brothers. And then uh, Jacob also had uh, Joseph also had a dream that the moon and the stars and the sun were bowing down to him. And this dream meant that it was also his brothers and his mother and his father that were bowing down to him. So here we see that his father Jacob understood that the meaning of the symbolism of Joseph's dream was that they were to come and prostrate themselves before Joseph. And Jacob wonders saying in Genesis, do you want me, your mother and your brothers to come and prostrate themselves in the ground for you? And nevertheless, his father waited to see the result. He he didn't he, he waited and he knew this was gonna be, this was how it was gonna be. So from this it is clear that just as Joseph the Tzaddik, um, the foundation of the world, is an intermediary that connects the spiritual and physical realms in the in in the secrets of the verse recited in our daily uh, prayers, in the morning prayers, we say. Even everything in heaven and earth translates as the that is in hold of heaven and earth. He also is an intermediary that connects the transparent dreams which do not need solutions, enigmatic dreams which need interpretation. And the later stemming from a high sources since enigmatic dreams are an expression of God's essence which is manifested in the ability to sustain the paradox. Uh, and uh, here, Rabbi Ginsberg finishes off saying that another form of the Hebrew root halam is harlama, which means health, in general, physical and mental health. It's talking about both. And, uh, and it says that the recovery from illness is particular in thanking God. After being sick and recovering, King Hiskiyahu prays Restore me from the root halam and make me live. And, and today, o- o- homeopathic doctors or naturalists have explained that the appearance of a dream is in one soul. In, in one soul is similar to the phenomenon of a sick of a sick person sweating. So as I said before, when you're sweating a dream, when you're suffering a dream, you're really expi- expiating suffering in this world. Like it really takes away pain from the world when you're suffering in a dream. So when you wake up from a nightmare, instead of being shocked and scared and whatever, say, thank you, Hashem, you took pain away from me in a dream, that's that's cheap. At least you wake up and the, the nightmare is over. Sometimes we have nightmares, real nightmares in this world and we wake up the next day and the nightmare's still there. So what it's saying here is in that the sweating is the separation and secretion of waste from what is wholesome. And this process is one of the first signs that the sick one is in the path of recovery. Like a person that never sweats is not good. Like if a person goes and exercises and then runs a marathon and he's not sweating, it's dangerous because you create toxins when you're exercising and all that. So when you're not sweating, all these toxins are not coming out of your body. So he says here that through the separation of waste products It is certainly an important external property of the dream at a deeper level. The dream serves to reveal in one soul God's light, providence, and will. So the dream serves to connect us to Hashem. And we find that the presence of evil or waste products prevents divine revelation. So when a person is not being able to get rid of all this evil, of all this waste that he's carrying within him, that is heavy, toxic thoughts, toxic speech, toxic actions, then this is, um, this is uh, a formula for, for sickness. And when we get rid of all this, when we get rid of bad thoughts, toxic people, toxic everything around us, and we it's like sweating, then this is the beginning of healing. And um, so because of its health nature, the inner, so this is what, uh, I'm sorry, so this is what uh, Rabbi Ginsberg comes to teach us uh, this, this month. So we should learn to look at our dreams we should look at them in this new way, not be scared of them. It's just a healthy process for every human being. In another sense, Kislev is a, is a month of dreaming, is a month of hope. We should use our dreams to reach higher heights in our life and to hope and dream for a better future for ourselves. And remember that the light of Kislev should li- should really light the way for us. We should really connect to this principle and in that way we will live uh, a little higher thank you